0: And I'm not afraid to say things that come out of my spirit because I have the sense that God winnows and winnows. You know what the, that's an old farm term. You know what winnowing is? It's when you take the grain, throw it up in the air and let the wind blow the chaff out of it. And Father's heart has always been a winnowing place. We have folks, and they're precious, they're precious. I love them to this day. Who couldn't walk with us right now? And I understand, thats okay. I told you years ago that Mark, Mark Ministries, our father's heart, was an R&D. We said this at the ranch, R&D, research and development. And if you have to worry about what you're saying because somebody's going to get offended or somebody's going to get hurt, or some, if, we're just going to have to throw the grain up in the air. I'm not telling you that everything I think is absolute, Okay. I want, I'm gonna do this guy. I'm not saying that everything I'm saying, but I'm telling you where my thoughts are going. I'm telling you where my spirit's going, and the portion of it that seems to ring true in your spirit, you need to grab. The part that doesn't seem—am I making sense? If it doesn't ring true to you, then then—but don't don't be angry. Just let it fall back down, and then we'll throw it up again. And then someday, if I'm not throwing it up, you may have to throw it up yourself and let the wind drive the chaff away, because. We will always be in that winnowing, winnowing position with me. Now, when I'm dead, you all can do whatever you want to, okay? But until I die, we're going to talk about a proceeding word of God. Hallelujah. That has been my message from the beginning. And if we do not proceed, then we will manage to kill Isaac. We'll kill him and kill our promise doing exactly what God said to do, kill Isaac, because he didn't hear the next word. And so it's always line upon line, precept upon precept, Hear a little, and they didn't say here a lot and there a lot. It's here a little and there a little. That's why the hourglass narrows itself down. Come on in here, Virginia. That's why the hourglass, see, it's your fault that I caught what I caught. I am blaming it all on you all. Debbie, are you feeling better? You're trying, okay. I was with them when I caught the (laughs) croup. But I'm better. I had my little spell last night, but uh, I'm feeling better. If I could quit squealing like a fool and hollering and yelling and carrying on, I'd probably be all right. So you see, I think God was judging me for setting a my desk up on the high place i 'm back down here where i 'm back down here where I belong with you all today <laughs> i'll come back down to earth again. I am going to continue if you don 't mind i 'm just without any without anything else i 'm going to continue uh the 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 theme and the idea that I worked with last night, and we might even get in a conversation today uh, We might ask some questions and I can't promise you I'll have any answers, but I also want to, uh, I, I made a promise to people like Bishop Weeks, for example. He hasn't been here. Uh, he's in the West Coast right now, uh, fulfilling a promise that he made, not knowing that it overlapped with our meeting. And he he asked me, he said, would you please publicly tell everybody I'm so sorry that I'm not there. And then, uh, so I publicly told you he's sorry he's not here got that all right so i kept that promise let's see what other promises i've made (laughs) dr apostle Akinmola, if you did the jet lag sleep like i do you didn't sleep that's what i was afraid of we are so blessed and honored to be in your house we humble ourselves to your authority in this place. No, that's true. I have to be, I, I have to be, it last night. I know I said it last night. Well, I'm saying it again today. <laughs> See how mean my counsel is. You saw them all up here sitting around like nice little boys. And then I got asked the question, how come there are no ladies in there? And boy, I had to stop and think about that for a minute. I thought, ooh, because there's some wise women of Tekoa that God may want to put in position to, because you know the ladies have a, a point of view that sometimes the men need to listen to. Hush, Tess, I want you to quit saying amen. Don't you be. She <laughs> <laughs> be over there. Do you hear? Her? She got that. Oh, praise God! How you, spirit just fell on her right there. <laughs> From time to time, she gets spiritual, you know, and boy, you have to be careful when she does. <laughs> I am so blessed to see you all and thank you from my heart for the sacrifices you have made to be here. I am, I am, let's see, I guess I should tell you also, Ralph Dennis told me to tell you he is on his way. To preach a funeral in New Orleans. He had to fly out this morning. Philip, come in here. No, no, we're gonna forgive you for being late, but I want everybody to see you in that orange shirt. Oh, come on, right down the aisle. Come on, right down there. See, there you go, that's right. Look, he's late, everybody. He's late. <laughs> Take a picture. <laughs> While I'm thinking about it, too, Phil, uh, some of the ministry council, can be available to minister you don't, don't just have to be me and I know that you retired from your house in New York and you have more time than you used to have yeah. and if you want to hear a voice of wisdom from time to time in your house if, if, you, if you you should call on some of these people that have been exposed to you and the reason why I recommend them is because they're a blessing to me A blessing to me. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, you would be available to go from time to time. Yeah, and I live in the middle of the country. I moved down. He moved to Texas, so God is with him. (laughs) (laughs) Pray for me because I've got three days of loneliness coming up. Yeah, I'm gonna be all by myself on my birthday Sunday. I want you all to feel this. I want you to feel the depth (laughs) of this pain. See, I'm going to South Africa from here, but the way my flight works is I always fly from Dallas to Atlanta because whereas I used to go to Washington, Dulles, or I used to go, how we used to go to New York? LaGuardia. Washington, Washington yeah. New or New York, and then we'd fly South African Airlines. But now Delta has this marvelous flight. What is it, 17 hours? How long is that? For? 17 hours. We fly right over Lagos to just, whew, to Johannesburg. So I have to fly, huh? And Tess, it's a nightmare. <laughs> she, she said, I will never fly again, ever. She's she, 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 she scared to death. She, her trust in God has wavered. <laughs> She said, it's not God I'm worried about, it's the pilot. (laughs) But anyway, I have to fly from Atlanta to Johannesburg. So I thought, well, I'm going to be going to South Africa. Why fly home for two days, turn around and fly back? I'll just stay here. But I thought my flight was going to be like on maybe tomorrow or Sunday and found out they could not get the flight until Tuesday. So, Tess, she's leaving me. She's going to. Banks, Banks, you're going to take care of me? Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Just feed me. I'll be happy. (laughs) He asked me earlier. He he said, what kind of of food do you like? I said, groceries. It doesn't matter. Man, I, I don't eat salmon and I don't eat anchovies. I love fish, but not that stuff. Let's see, what else do I know? I don't like boiled okra. I think that's it. Anything beyond that, I'll eat it. I've eaten rattlesnake, buffalo. I've eaten oh, yeah, possum. I've eaten possum. Oh yeah. Y'all, anybody in here ever eat possum? There you go. I, I've got two people in here who's eaten possum. How about coon? You ever eat coon? Oh yeah. Well, it, coon. It tastes just like black bear. Coon tastes just like bear. Black bear. Yeah. Oh, black bear tastes just like coon. So if you've had coon, you understand what that's I thought I'd get that out of the way so we can get down to business today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, alligator tail tastes just like chicken that's been eating fish. Somebody told me one time, frog legs are kind of the same way. I, I like frog legs, man. We used to go gig frogs. Frog legs, you've had that, yeah, Arthur. Yeah. But they got just, a, if you, it depends on where they've been croaking, but if you get in the right pond, they got just a little fishy wang on just a little bit, like they've been eating butterflies and bugs or stuff like that. But, but you learn after a while. I think the worst thing I ever did, see, there's an old Indian, I know this is very spiritual it's important for you to get this, okay. An old Indian tradition that uh, I used to make all the people, I'd take hunting with me, I had 20,000 acres that I leased to hunt on, okay. At one time I had 80 sets of horns, antlers, from deer and things that I'd taken shot. I don't do that anymore, God delivered me from that. The truth is, I got so old, I didn't feel like going in the woods. (laughs) But, uh, so I had people like Kenneth Phillips and some, uh, who was the guy in Rockwell? Uh, Larry Lee, some of those guys, they'd never hunted, so I'd take them hunting and help them shoot a deer. But I said, if I do, you you have to work with me and perform the old Indian custom of taking into your body a portion of that which you have destroyed off the earth. Okay? And so I'd gut the deer and pull all the insides out and then shake the liver off real good and cut a chunk of the raw liver off. Come on, y'all. Little response here. Oh, yeah. And you got to eat it, got to chew it. And the, you know, the blood runs down the corner of your mouth. And all. Mm-hmm and then I'd hand it to them. There were many of them that never went hunting with me again because, because I, I winnowed them out, the sheep from the goats. <laughs> you found out who really wanted to be a hunter and who didn't want to be a hunter. I don't do that anymore, though. I, I, God has delivered me from a lot of things in my later life. It's good to see you all. What a family. What a wonderful family. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you all. You're going to prosper. You're going to be in health. God is going to fulfill some of the dreams you had for years that you thought were already gone. You're going to be amazed that someone is going to contact you that you thought you would never hear from again. They're going to come back, humble their hearts before you. And you're going to find out the cord was not really broken. It only got darkened by time and circumstances. And that which God has ordained will come to pass regardless of what men do. His word will never return to him void. Everything he's spoken will be accomplished. And if you believe that, would you say a good, resounding amen? When I talk to you about God's kind intention or his original purpose, I want to go back and make sure that we understand. I kind of bombed out on you last night, I think, and I I coughed my way off the platform. But what I'm trying to help us understand is that if we do not understand God's original intention, if I don't know what he originally intended... I can never really focus in on what the closing is supposed to be. Years ago, I talked about archery. I, you know, I'm i an old bow hunter, okay? Gary, you understand this. The knocking point, it's not the knocking point. It's a, where the knock, where the arrow goes on the string, there's a point back here. And you have to mark it. You have to have a little thing on there that either thread that you wind around so that the arrow goes between those two little places the reason you do that is because you have learned to line up the arrow to that knocking point because if you don't you can put that arrow at different places you know this joe on that string oh yeah and so the point if you shoot as i used to instinctively i never we never, at that point, when I hunted with Bo, we didn't have sights. So and today they've got everything. I mean, but you see the arrow out here and you put the point right on the target. Okay? But, but if I lower the knocking point on the string like this, what, what does that do to the trajectory of the arrow? <laughs> goes up. What if I have the point right on the target, but I raise the knocking point? Where's the arrow going to go? Now, right. So I have to shoot and until I know where that knocking point between the point of the arrow and the place it leaves, where the thrust is, is in alignment. Let's all say alignment. There has to be alignment. I want to say one more time that the word alignment is not too much unlike righteousness. We say, yeah, right. Rightness says. What is right there is right here. Let me remind you again. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. Now if it's in earth, then it means in the arena of our human life. Let it happen and be manifested in our human frame just as it was intended or as it is finished in the heavenlies. We know that he finished all his work from the foundation of the world. Hebrews 4 tells us that. So as far as God is concerned, everything is finished, but it's not finished here. He was slain from the foundation of the world, but he didn't die in time until Calvary. So in, are are you all with me? Uh, Nod or groan or something just, okay. So it's important for us to understand that he put us here so that we could manifest his glory the glory that he had with the father before the world was. That's why when they came to him and said to him, "Uh, sirs, we would see Jesus. And they came to Jesus and said, there's a couple of guys out here. They come a long way for the Passover. And before they go home, they'd like to see you. They heard that you work miracles, do all kinds of things. You got a few minutes you can meet with them when the meeting is over. And Jesus said, hey, if you want to see me, then you got to come where I am. Boy, that is a powerful statement. If any man would see me, let him come where, well. Well, we say, okay, we'll tell him to come over here. No, no, that's not what he was saying at all. He wasn't asking them to get into the same territory as he humanly was standing or into the same room or in the same building. He was saying, they've got to come into the same mindset. They've got to come into the same mind that I am in. If any man wants to see me, let him come where I am. And then he goes on to say, he just he comes off the wall. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, abideth." abide. That's where that passage is. They all just wanted to see Jesus. He goes into a he goes into a fit. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and diet abideth alone. fall on the ground and die, brings forth much fruit. And then he then he goes into a prayer. They just wanted to say hi. <laughs> and he's saying, Father, glorify Find me with the glory that I have with you before the world was." And the voice came from heaven and it says, I have glorified it and I'll glorify it again. Woo, we got another age for it to glorify it. I've glorified it in the long gone, glorified in grace. I, I will glorify it again. People heard the voice, some of them thought it thundered. Others said an angel spoke from heaven. That's exactly what will happen in this room today. Some of you will hear thunder. Others will hear a voice from heaven. Hallelujah, let's bless the Lord. Rabasata, talk in tongues a little bit. Hallelujah, yes, hallelujah. If I don't know his intention from the beginning, I will never ever be able to get my eschatologies right. People always ask me, do you believe in the rapture? You know, and we get all these questions. I don't even wanna, I don't wanna answer that. I I don't wanna, I wanna see him as he is. Because when we see him, we shall be like him. We will be the mirror of him. Well, everybody says, well, when Jesus comes again, then I'm going to be like Jesus. Well, what's wrong with now? Our problem is not when he comes again. Our problem is now. That is, that is the misunderstood conversation of a stuck generation. That's stuck in what I called last night the subset. I want to explain to you how much I love the church because I am from time to time accused of not believing in the church. Nobody believes in it more than I do because if you don't have it, you'd never get a kingdom because the kingdom is birthed out of the church. So if the church doesn't come into order, there will never be a man child. If the church doesn't understand its place, we talked last night about a writer or about a plumber. You go turn the water off. What's the problem? We've got a problem with the pipes under the house somewhere. So the plumber crawls up under the house. Two hours later, you say, how are you doing? I'm having a wonderful time. What are you doing? Oh, I'm soldering these pipes again. Yeah, but we need water. No, no, I just want to make sure. And then next Wednesday, we're going to come together again. We're going to solder these pipes again. That's not all, but next Sunday morning, we're going to make sure it, they may need to be moved around a little bit under the house. Yeah, but we need water. We can't take a shower. We haven't got anything to drink. We need water. What is the overarching, I go back, the overarching hierarchy or purpose for which you called the plumber? You want water in the house. He's busy fixing pipes. And you say, okay, fine. Well, if you've got the pipes fixed, we we'll do right now, but you never know when they're going to break. So you need to be back next Wednesday and I need to crawl up under here again I need to work on them some more. I am not against going to church. Please understand that but I'm telling you going to church is not church. And you know that. Now it's almost become a cliche. We are the church. We are the ecclesia, the tragedy in that is we don't know who we are. We are the chosen. We, why were we chosen? Now there's a question that might beg some answer. Why were we chosen? Well, he chose us so we would be saved. Be careful now. He didn't choose you so you could get saved. That's a misrepresentation of his original intention. They say he wants to save as many as he can. What do you mean, as many? Where did you find that scripture? Save as many. That's not in the Bible. No, what's in the Bible is that he has held all, all of them under disobedience. He made sure that every man would fail. He made sure that all flesh is hopeless. He made sure that every, why? Because he loved us so much. It's all based in his love. He loved us so much that he wanted to show that he might show mercy to... Why would he let you go through tragedy? Why would he allow your life to be crushed with situations? Children, husbands, wives, things. Why would he allow that? It's not because he's a mean God. That's what the world has garnered from all of these things. That God is cruel. God is mean. God allows war. God allows children to be to be hurt, women to be raped, men to, to be ruthless. God is this mean God, a God with a club. Be careful, be careful. I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you. Boy, you, well, you, you need to walk with God, you need to be careful, you never know. And see, and, and a lot of our theories and eschatologies are built around a fear concept. I've got to stay right because I don't want to miss it. I don't. Want to, I want to be one of the few that find it. Because many are called but not very many gonna find it that's not, that's what he said he has held all under disobedience that he might show mercy to how many I'm sorry no 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 how many oh. so we do not believe that I'm sorry but we and the reason we don't believe that is because we never understood his intention from the beginning he never intended To create a creation that was beautiful, lovely, habitable. He made the earth that it might be inhabited. He never intended to do that and then put man, his choice, prized creation, his key jewel of creation, in this marvelous. Did you drive here today? Did you look at the Georgia landscape? Did you see the rolling hills and the trees? They're giving off all their pollen. And <laughs> did, you, did you just behold the sun? You might not have, but I watched it rise today, the sunrise on another day. Did you ever stop and think we are in the same room with all these people and yet we are breathing air that is pure enough to give us life? Did you stop and think that you are still in a land of wonder? Amazing oceans, rivers, streams, waterfalls at night, stars that blaze in the heaven, a billion billion galaxies that you cannot even estimate in your wildest imagination. Wow! And God put us in here, His choice creation, so that 90% of us could go to hell. Come on Come on. Maybe I've made a mistake. Maybe I haven't understood. This loving God never intended that any would perish, right. but that all would come to repent. He's not willing. He is not willing. And then I've got to deal with my idea of God's sovereignty. Is he big enough? Is he God enough? Or do I just say he is great? Oh, God is great and greatly. but he's not great enough to confront the will of man because man is so great that he can thwart the will of God. I can by my action. You say, well, you can choose not to accept the Lord. You certainly can. And in this age, you lose all of your rights to kingdom participation but in the end according to Isaiah according to the New Testament the Bible said he's going to raise the dead incorruptible the dead small and say small and great come on say the dead small and great are going to stand before God and every knee not a few not some every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord You say, well, they have to. They don't have a choice. Sure they have a choice. After you've laid in a place of unconscious rest for a few years, a few hundred years, in a prison where you can't get to your God and you can't get back to the earth, when you've been in hell, when you've been in a lake of fire, where your mind is burning, where your spirit, your emotions are crazy and wild, you'll be glad to crawl out of whatever grave you're in saying, he was Lord, he is Lord, he will always be Lord. His intention from the beginning was never, never. Now, I realize I'm in heresy. I understand that. I'm not up here being a fool. I'm not asking you, I'm not trying to create... You say, oh, you sound like some of those other doctrines. I'm not the only one who's ever said this. It was 400 years or even more before any of the founding fathers of the faith ever thought that God's intention was not to save everybody. Not only is he gonna save everybody, he's gonna save his whole creation. He intends to take it back, lock, stock, and barrel. I don't know how much clearer I can get on that. You say, well, then what's the use for us to go out and try to win the loss? There you go. That's the question. See, we're always looking for. I just asked your question, didn't I? Yep. Because the praise and the glory of God is more important to God than your anticipation of what you can or cannot do to thwart His idea. What He really wants is He wants you to glorify Him in everything to give thanks. Not only that, but his kingdom, I've got to get back to the church here just in a little bit, but his kingdom is what we do. The church is who we are. We are the church. The kingdom is our operation in God's unique universal plan. If I say that like that, then I've created another question. And that is, well, if the church is not the end of his intention, what is it? Listen how quiet it is. Listen, no, listen, listen, listen. Because that's what we've all been taught that's what we've been told that the church get them in the church so they'll be saved keep them in the church so they'll stay saved do it long enough that they'll be ready for what to escape the world that he put us in to save get us out of our kingdom responsibility deliver us from our kingdom purpose thwart the entire idea and purpose of God's intention and that is that every soul is mine we are deemed let's all say deemed Deemed. we are deemed to be his and through the kingdom we are redeemed now you know we can hit dead ends here all along the way But I'm I'm, I'm going to deal with the church today. I'm going to deal with that. What is the church? We are the called according to his purpose. We are the ones who are predestined. Let's all say predestined. Predestined. Why are you even here? Because God predestined. You say, well, I don't believe in predestination. I don't believe in that article that says salvation is a predestination. I don't believe I don't believe that you can be saved, but you're going to be lost. You have no choice. You can be saved. You're going to be lost. You're going to be saved. You're going to be lost. No, no, no. I think that all of those that God has preordained become the first fruits. That's The Bible said we are a certain first fruit. Isn't that what it says? Yeah. A kind of is the way the term, at least in the... In the King James Version, we are a kind of or a sort of first fruits. If we're the first fruit, where is the harvest? If the church is the first fruit, where is the harvest? Yeah. If the church is simply the first fruit, where is the is a harvest? Yeah, it's everybody else. That's right. Then what is the purpose of the church, Joe? What's the purpose of the church? Well, that's right. What was Israel to the age in law? Help me, Pastor. Let's talk. Let me and you talk a little bit, okay? No, 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 no. This is what we do. Okay, let's talk about it. So if I'm a Jew and I'm a child of Abraham, and if I live long enough so that I get turned into what I'm doing, my children, my grandchildren, my family, the wars, the things, I mean, God's fighting for me, we're, the sun's standing still, all kinds of wonderful things are happening. Wow, the battles are, wow, we got a new land, we got a flow milk and honey, we're possessing land, we're doing all these wonderful things. You know why? Because we're the chosen people of God. <laughs> God loves us so much. What about everybody else? Oh, well, no, 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 no. He's not innocent. Than everybody else. He chose us. Amen. Yeah. Right, boy, it's quiet in here. Isn't it? Gee, are you thinking or just getting? Is this fight or flight? That's what. I'm, <laughs> <clears throat> And after a while, you know, then we're going to say, we have Abraham to our father. Praise God. Don't you mess with me. Whew. I'm the seed of Abraham. I'm a chosen. We're chosen. We forgot one little passage and it said, I did not choose you because you were greater than all the other nations. Oh, we forgot that one. Oh my God. Oh, what was that again? Whoop, 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 whoop. Somebody turn the siren on. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> Call the popos. Stop the whole thing. Well, yeah. Oh, y'all been watching Medea too much. I know. How. <laughs> stop the show. Wait a minute. I did not choose you, Israel, because you were greater than all the other peoples of the earth. Well, then why did you choose us? Why did you preordain? Why did you call us? I mean, why did you give this covenant to Abraham? Why did you say, Abraham, in thee and in thy seed, you're gonna be the only people in the whole world that I'm gonna love and take care of? Oh, he didn't say that? What was that again you said? In thee and in thy seed shall all nations of the earth are going to be blessed because of you. I'm going to bless you and make you a blessing. To who? To Israel. I'm going to make you a blessing. See, the church is so vital, but it is not the running water out of the faucet. It does not give you the shower. It is not the kingdom. Is it a part of the kingdom? Yes. Is it vital to the kingdom? Oh, can't have the kingdom without it. Why? Why? because it is in the church that he will then place the professors in this college we call church, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. What will happen then to the people who are the church? I'm not talking about a little white building with a cross on the steeple. I'm talking about the church, the called, the ecclesia, those who are called out, the called out ones, those who were chosen by God to be a first fruit as the apostle called, especially those Well, how's that passage go there? How's that scripture go? Especially those who believe. God is the savior of all men, especially of those who believe. Say it again. God is the savior of all men, especially of those who believe. (laughs) God is the savior of a few people. Of all men, especially. See, there's a specialty in the church. The reason why we are special is because he preordained that he would, out of all the peoples of the earth, he would call and you would hear. He had to go save you so he could fulfill the purpose that he had before the foundation of the world for you to be a part of that nation that would become the seed that would be the blessing of all the nations of the earth. The church is the first fruit seed for the harvest of Christ. His whole world. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, you say, "Well, I, well, then we're not seeing the whole world saved." God is not through by any means. Did you not hear the apostles say that in the ages to come? Come on, say "ages to come." See, we've mistranslated into the world the end of the world. No, it's the end of the age. You need to go look at Thayer's. You need to go take a look at your Bible dictionary. Hit a button on your computer. It will tell you what the word is. The anios. It will tell you that it's not endless time. It's not eternity. It's an age. It's a period of time. We used to teach on dispensationalism. Remember? The age of innocence and then the age of conscience and then we get the age of the law and then we get the age of the prophets. And then, this, and then Paul made the same. He said, you've heard of the dispensation." Of what? You've heard of the dispensation of grace. He even talked about grace being a dispensation or an age. A dispensation, a period of time in which God deals with people in a certain way that he may not have dealt with people in that way in another age or in another age. But that same apostle comes on and said, but you know, he's shown his grace that in the ages to come, he might show mercy to all I cannot adjust the ages of God, but I can tell you as many ages as there are from the beginning of time, God's eternal purpose will be accomplished. In the ages, he will perform all of, all, not some, all of his good pleasure. He'll bring it to pass. But in my age, in the age of the church, in the age of grace, I'm not responsible for the ages to come. I don't have to worry about how he's going to save the whole world. I don't have to worry about how he's going to bring back thorns and thistles and turn them into pomegranates and olives. I don't have to worry about all of that. All I need to worry about is who am I and why am I here right now? I am the church. Come on, say I am the church. I am the church. I am the called according to his, what was his purpose? If I don't understand the purpose, I don't know what my calling is for. Am I okay, Ed? You all right? <laughs> I can see him. He's in, he's in a place here right now. I gotta be careful. When Ed gets in a place, I back out. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord a little bit. You don't have to bite on everything I'm saying. You don't have to believe everything I'm saying but I'm quoting scripture today. I'm talking to you about an eternal thing. I'm talking to you about God's plan. I'm trying to talk to, I'm trying to enlarge your vision. Come on, enlarge your vision. You need to stretch forth the ropes. You need to stake your land out a little greater. I'm trying to tell you how great God really is. I'm tired of people singing about how great he is and then talk about what he can't do. Don't talk to me about how angels bow before him and then turn around and say he's not able to perform his promise. Nothing he has promised will ever. His word will not return to him void. Okay, then maybe, okay, if that's the case and it's the ages to come, maybe we shouldn't have to worry about it. The only reason I'm concerned about it, I'm not concerned, okay, to think of it with me, Pastor. So, oh no, I don't have to worry about how he's going to get it all done because in the ages to come, he's going to show mercy to all. And if he wants to do that, I'm all for that because I can see in the beginning, this whole thing started with God who loved, so loved. He couldn't help himself. He had to make a man. He put his love on us. And then he created good and evil. He created light and darkness. He created this and that. He created up and down. Light and dark good and evil. He made sure that they ate of a tree that would put them in a position so that they would become hopeless without him because love cannot manifest itself if it cannot show mercy. And mercy is the child and grace is the child of love. And if I do not experience mercy, I could never in my whole life understand the depth of his grace and if I had not failed in my human living, you say, well we're trying to keep everybody safe. you need to quit that, let people be humans. The problem is not our humanity, our problem is our spirit. Our spirit has a problem because if my spirit starts teaching my flesh, huda Rama, if the Holy Ghost ever starts talking." Instead of the preacher having to preach to us 50 times a year, if the Holy Ghost could talk to me, it would tell me, Don't go there, don't say that, don't act that way, don't walk like that. But we've replaced the Holy Ghost with a surrogate voice and claimed that the preaching of the gospel. It didn't say that the preaching of the gospel doesn't save the sinner. It's to save them to believe. The believer is supposed to be saved by preaching. The loss, the sin, and the world is reconciled to God through the voice of the saints. The ministry of the saints has always been God's intention. But they can't do that if the ministry believes that the church is the final abiding place of all of God's intention. Get in the church, get saved. And now we have reached that overarching hierarchy or sovereign place of God's intention. Now, because if I'm in the church and I'm listening and I'm staying safe, you're saying, well, then you don't think people all go to church. Quit that. Stop it. Don't go there. Don't That's stupid. Don't go there. Let me deal with that in just a little while. No, I believe that believers ought to be gathered together. I believe that we ought to all love one another. I think we should fellowship with one another. But I think that thinking that I'm going to church three times a week is going to keep me safe so I won't be lost and burned in hell is stupid. Amen. Is that clear enough? Because if I ever understand the love of God, I'm gonna understand. He did not create me so that I could be one of these fearful, frail people thinking, oh my God, I hope I can make it. I hope I can make it. No, I'm not hoping I can make it. I've already made it. I was saved, I am saved, and I will be saved. I don't have to, my spirit, come on, say my spirit. Come on, say my spirit spirit is is redeemed. Boy, my flesh may be a mess. And he will judge my flesh. They were judged as men of the flesh, but they live according to God in the spirit. God gave them spirit life. And if I understood what the Holy Ghost is all about, I would understand that that is the door that opens, that speaks to my soulish nature, that causes me to manifest the life of Christ. That is the mind of Christ. The Holy Ghost, say Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, The Holy. say Holy Spirit. Say Logos. Logos, the breath of God. The breath. In the beginning was the, the word. Say the word. the word. That's why he said his word above his name. The overarching hierarchy of all things in the earth is the spirit. Before there was substance, there was word. Everything came to pass by his word. He didn't just see things and then say, oh, isn't that nice? No, he created and then said, that's good. How did he create it? With a word. Where did the word come from? It was the manifestation of thought. What is thought? What is your conscience? What is a conscious mind? It is that territory of the soul into which either good can come and dominate or bad can come and dominate. It is the place, it is the trigger point where manifestation comes from. I manifest as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you're either going to think God thoughts, you're going to think evil thoughts. If you think bad thoughts, you're going to manifest worship of the flesh. If you think good things, spirit things, and the spirit teaches you, then it tells you what to go, where to go. That's why, let me, I don't want to get off target here. I will just jump ahead just for a moment. When he, the spirit of truth has come, say spirit of truth. The Bible calls it the comforter. Let's all say comforter. The Bible says the comforter, which is the what? Holy Ghost. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. What is Holy Ghost? It's the overarching hierarchy. It is the Word. The Holy Ghost is the Word. The Spirit, the breath of God, the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word's with God. The Word was God. The same as in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him, there was not anything made that was made. And it was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shineth in the, hallelujah. In the darkness, and the darkness couldn't put it out. Couldn't shut it down. Hallelujah. There's gonna be enough light in here today that the darkness will never be able to shut it down. We're gonna say things in here today that can never be confounded because God is gonna work in your spirit because it can't come alive until something triggers in your spirit mind. But if it ever triggers in your spirit mind, you'll never be able to go back. You'll never be able to go back. You'll never be able to think the same. That's why when Roger said yesterday, you have a few things to speak into the earth. I do. And I'm speaking one of them right now. You'll never be able to think the same. You're not going to be able to go and embrace organized theory and thesis. You're not going to be able to go back and embrace dogma as being the final thing. Doctrine will not become your final commander. You will find out that doctrine follows spirit. It's it's spirit first, word next. So what the reason why you hear me talk so much about organized religion, I certainly believe in religion. I just don't believe in organized at the place where it becomes the hierarchy of all of our thinking, where it becomes the dominant force in what we do, where we go, how we when it becomes that's all say the final resting place. When it becomes the final resting place of your thought, when your thought then you have hit the wall. You have stopped. You can never hear a preceding word of God again because you will always have to judge it by your doctrinal dogma. And that's why you think this, that's why I'm not trying to change your doctrine. I'm not trying to change foundational structure in you. I want to open up a window of the spirit because if that ever gets opened up, the Holy Ghost will tell you things the preacher could never touch. The Holy Ghost will direct you and give you light. You say, well, then everybody's just going to go every direction. No, they won't. The truth is the Holy Ghost tell them to love their brother. It'll tell them to be faithful to the man of God that teaches them. The Holy Ghost will tell them to be under authority. Amen. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost will tell them to give their honor and their tithing to, to the house. The Holy Ghost will not take you out of righteous doings, the Holy Ghost will give you a reason for doing it other than just a command from the pulpit. (laughs) You'll be a member, pay your tithe. That's not the word of God. What the word of God is, if you love God and you honor God, you have to understand that God has those that he has placed in you who watch for your suitcase, not for your spirit, they watch for your soul as one who must give an account. And that you'll find out the end of your salvation is not your spirit salvation, it's the salvation of your soul. It's our soul that needs to get saved. Our spirit is redeemed, but our soul is a wreck. I think I'm in trouble. I don't know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't wanna get off somewhere where we can't find each other again. I'm telling you, the church is a wonderful place to make sure that you got the right kind of pipes coming from the water source up to the shower. It's a wonderful thing. And you call the plumber, the preacher comes, but for him to have to readjust the pipes every week, and if the preacher has to tell you how to live every week in order for you to stay saved, you are a very shallow Christian. If your whole spiritual, if your whole spiritual ambition rests in the word of somebody who continually (laughs) harries you to do good, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't drink that. Don't dress that way. Don't act that way. Don't wear that. Hey, make sure you do this. Make sure you do this. Make sure don't do that. Don't go see it. You can see this, but you can't see. You shouldn't have this. Shouldn't have that. Should. If that becomes, if that becomes our guardian then all we have done is we have taken a subset. We've taken one sentence out of the book. And we've so focused on that that we forgot what the book was about. Hallelujah! Yes. I get so busy making sure that sentence makes sense. The sentence makes it, And I've got it in the right paragraph. And I've got this paragraph, it looks so good. Let me read it again, make sure. Here, would you read this one? Isn't that a marvelous paragraph? Yeah, well, that's wonderful. Where does it go? Well, it's truth, brother. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You don't get water from the water source and get it in the shower if you don't have some connection somewhere. The church is the connector. We are the ministry and have the word of reconciliation. Not for the church. The church has it for the world. We are the hope of them getting water. We were chosen a first fruit to make sure they get a shower, to make sure they get to drink of this fountain that never runs dry, to taste and see that He is good. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I don't have to just sing them happy. They're going to find out how good He is. Because if I understood, that before the foundation of the world God in my innocence and in my unconsciousness walk with me here in my unconsciousness branded me like a blank parchment with an eternal purpose and let me fly in the breezes of an eternal air until I wound up in my mother's womb so that that which was spirit in God would be made flesh in my age, the age of my calling. Not in the old days, not in the days to come. I am chosen of God to be here now. And that blank parchment floats around And then, when I understand I did not come from my mother and my father, they only gave me the possibility of that which is spirit becoming flesh. I came from him. He ordained me. He chose me before they ever had a gleam in their eye, before they ever fell in love. Before romance ever touched their physical hearts, I was in the mind of God. He knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. That's not the only thing. But he already put the kingdom in me. You say, well, that's because you're in the church. No, he did that to everybody. Every human that's alive in the world is a parchment branded with an eternal responsibility to have a part in making this world the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. There's only one situation. It's written in an unconscious, invisible ink. I do not know what it is. I can live 20 years and I don't know. I can live 30 years and I don't know. I can revel in sin. I can be an ungodly bastard. I can be worse than the worst. I can be a molester, a killer of children. I can be an idolater. I can be a blasphemer, which does not erase the fact that before I was born, God had stamped me with purpose. That means everybody I meet, when you go to eat today and the lady comes up to your table, remember she belongs to God. All souls are mine, saith the Lord. You be careful to give her a good tip. Don't you treat her like she's some kind of a slave. She is God's child just as much as you are. No, I'm more, no, you just have to be chosen to be first. You're just, a, you're just a, a first fruit. You know better than they are. You say, well, God chose me because I'm right. You didn't get chosen because you were good. You were a filthy slime bag. We all are, there's none good, no, not one. He didn't choose you because you're better than all the other nations of the earth. He chose you because he wanted something from you called the inheritance in the saints. He's got something he intends to get out of the saints. He chose you first so he could get something from you so that you would become an ambassador of an unseen kingdom, so that you would speak things in the earth to natural ears that can be heard only by the Spirit of God. Nobody can teach it to you, only the Holy Ghost can show it to you because there is only one substance poured on the blank parchment of your spirit that raises the letters of this invisible ink <laughs> in the revolutionary war when there's so much problem getting messages from the generals to the front lines they were they were captured they were hung like spies they would get the messages, hide them in their boots, in their clothes, sew them in the hems of their coats. They would catch them and get them and find out what the orders were so they'd know what the armies were doing at the next turn, at the next bend. Yeah. And so somebody, somebody invented a method of deception. It was a secret. It was a mystery. <laughs> he said the mystery of his will which is now made known to the saints (laughs) God Almighty Phil I know I feel something serious happening here and so when they were captured then all they saw was that blank let me see a blank piece of paper that's all they could see There's nothing there until it got to the front lines. And when it got to the front lines, there had been given to those generals who are on the front lines a substance when poured on that blank sheet, raised the letters until it looked like that. And the message could clearly be seen. He hid it from the wise and the prudent. Not many noble. Not many wise, no, 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 are called. Whew, God has taken the foolish things of this Hallelujah. world Thank you. to confound the wise. And when that substance was poured on that page,